Devin Booker. Gilbert Arenas. Devin Booker. Gilbert Arenas. Devin Booker. Gilbert Arenas. Devin Booker. Gilbert drives on Marion. Well, the play and scores. How do you like that? But you know what? They might he say this was worth the price of admission. You don't want to commit the foul, so watch. On this episode of NBA Now and Then, The Greatest Comparisons, we compare two super skilled scorers. Can't figure out what's more scorching hot, his jumper or the desert sun. Their shooting ability undeniably lethal. This player has literally no chill. With defenders always on edge. There's no point trying to stop these two in their prime. We are excited to present to you, Devin Booker and Gilbert Arenas. I'm Uriah. I'm Maurice. I'm Lucas. And I'm Ben. And we're here to talk NBA now and then. All right, we're back. Episode two. And we're going to be talking about two amazing scorers. We're talking about Devin Booker as well as Gilbert Arenas. It's an interesting comparison two amazing guards from their respective time periods, but what makes this comparison so interesting or what makes it stand out to you? Two guards who can fill it up real quick. That's the first thing I think of. Devin Booker could score 70 points. Gilbert Arenas could score 60. Uh, I think of two guys who fell in the draft. That's the first thing that comes to mind. And like looking back, I'm, I'm sure a lot of teams regret that. Yeah, just looking to score real quick. Can play the one, can play the two, more of a two. Yeah, two guys who are just always looking to score. When I look at these two guys, one was one of the league contemporaries compared next to Kobe Bryant, and the other one is a disciple of Kobe Bryant. So that's how I look at the two. First quarter, background. All right, it's time to talk about D-Book, but before he earned his nickname, he was born Devin Armani Booker on October 30th, 1996, Grand Rapids, Michigan. His parents, Veronica Gutierrez and Melvin Booker, his father played professionally in the NBA and overseas. As a teenager, Devin Booker spent his summers in Italy, where his dad had been playing for Olympia Milano. As an NBA player, Devin Booker's dad averaged five points and two assists for his career I have a million dollars for anyone who can guess the three Western Conference teams that his dad played for. Ooh, okay. Okay, I'm going to try this. I feel like everybody's dad played for the Sacramento Kings at one point. He played for the Warriors. I know that. That's one. That's a tough one. Yeah, Houston and Denver. I was thinking of Jabari Smith's dad. The point is, is Devin Booker's dad played in the NBA. Yeah. No matter how many points he averaged, he made it to the league. So let's talk about Devin Booker's high school career. He attended Moss Point High School in Mississippi. His sophomore year, he scored an amazing, get this, 54 points in a game. As a junior, he was the Gatorade Player of the Year in his state. He averaged almost 31 points as a senior. He finished his high school career with the most points scored at Moss Point with 2,518. He was a McDonald's All-American, and he played in the Jordan Classic. Anything stand out to you guys related to his high school career? I always thought he was a West Coast guy, his vibe. So I was surprised to hear he's, he's a Midwest guy in Michigan and Mississippi. 
I'm not surprised in the fact that he probably was the best player in that state because Mississippi is not known as a basketball state. Honestly, I'm surprised he didn't get more attention than what he did. He probably could have started at a lot of different places. For me, I didn't know he was a child of a basketball player. That's new to me. I didn't even know that. Yeah, they don't mention that in the broadcasts. Yeah, any of his biographies, no one mentions that his father played basketball in the NBA. So there you go. So after high school, I'm sure people know this much about Devin Booker. He attended the University of Kentucky. He played only one year. In 2014-15, he was the SEC Sixth Man of the Year as a freshman. He was selected that year to the SEC All-Freshman Team, and he was added to the 2014-15 All-SEC Team. Now, that season, he led Kentucky in three-pointers made per game at one and a half, and he was second on Kentucky in three-point percentage. Question to you guys, over or under? His only season in Kentucky, under or over 40% from three? Under. Under. I'll go over. Maurice, you oh. are the winner, 41.1%. A few other stats from Kentucky. He actually didn't score that much because of who was on his team. He averaged 10 points, two rebounds, one assist. His overall field goal percentage was 47%. And he only played 21 and a half minutes a game. So Booker helped lead the Wildcats to the 2015 NCAA Tournament Final Four. And after that, well, he declared that he was ready for the pros. With the 13th pick in the 2015 NBA Draft, the Phoenix Suns select Devin Booker from the University of Kentucky. So Booker is headed to the Valley of the Sun, and now four Kentucky Wildcats have been picked in the lottery. That ties the record for most lottery selections in one school in a single draft. North Carolina also had four players that were lottery picks back in the 2005 draft. And Devin Booker, second best among major conference freshmen in three-point shooting, a little bit better than 41%. So before we get your takes on what he did in college, I have one more clip that will take you into the mind of what type of player he was thinking about becoming. Now, it's clear that Kobe is an inspiration for him, but I found a clip that someone was able to find another player that inspired Devin Booker. You guys want to take a quick guess other than Kobe? Isaiah? Grant Hill? Let's find out. And who was it for you when, it, when you figured out who you wanted to be as a player and the way you moved in this space beyond Kobe? Who, who comes to mind? Rip Hamilton. Um, and I actually got the chance when I broke my nose to have, you know, a short conversation with him. And we've, we've talked in the past, but, you know, that was my childhood hero. Um, that whole team, honestly, even playing against the Clippers last series and big shot Billups sitting over there on, on the bench, you know, that's – that's an inspiration for me. That those moments there, even just by looking at Chauncey on the sideline, like will lock me back in immediately. Um, so there's tons of guys, honestly. But if, I, if we're talking one, it's you know my my Piston guys for sure. What stands out to you about his Kentucky career? He had a lot of good teammates. Yeah, once again with college players. You know, you're not going to get that much time. You're playing in the in a specific system, but we knew that he had the talent, clear cut NBA talent. I remember that super team, and they you in your clip, Uriah, the uh, four guys in the lottery. That's insane. That's like nuts. 
and the fact that he came off the bench and Booker kind of started the like Kentucky guard. He kind of started that trend. Oh. Uh, I guess John, John Wall did, but really Booker, I guess was the second of that wave. And like now if, if there's a good Kentucky guard, you know that they're probably going to develop well in the league. So what stands out to me about Booker is his dad playing professionally. It makes me wonder how much, how much his dad inspired him to actually excel in basketball. You just never know what kids, you know, what they want to grow up to be. And clearly it, it rubbed off on, on Devin in terms of aspiring to make it to the pros. All right. So this next guy played a lot of time in Washington and he actually is doing pretty good for himself with media, with his own podcast and all that good stuff. But let's talk about Agent Zero, a.k.a. the Hibachi. Before he got those nicknames, he was born Gilbert J. Arenas Jr. in Los Angeles, California. He attended Grant High School in L.A., where he averaged, check this out, 28 points, 7 rebounds, 4 assists, and 4 steals. Mm. His 2,124 total points for Grant High School was a school record, and one is the highest totals in city section history at that time. Uh, a little drama in this next part, guys. And this is directly from the LA Times. Get ready for this. It's always drama with Gilbert Arenas, right? The summer before his senior year, there were rumors surrounding Arenas when he played in a summer league tournament for a different high school. The school was Silmer. I don't know if I'm saying that right. There's an accusation that Arenas made uh, where Grant High School coach gave him an ultimatum saying if Arenas played for another school this summer, he would not be welcomed back on the Grant team in the fall. The coach was not, uh, he wasn't able to be reached for a comment, at least from this article from the LA Times. I think the point, gentlemen, is he was one of the most talented hoopers in California at the time, and a lot of schools wanted him. So for him to play in that summer league for another school, it, it threw everyone off in a in crazy wildfire of rumors. He ended up finishing his career at Grant High. So. Anything stand out to you about what I just said about Gilbert Arenas in his high school? Let's go with Maurice first. Yeah, it tells you that he's not the conventional thinker when it comes to making his own decisions, making his own career path. We see that today with uh, Gilbert Arenas. Yeah, I'm not surprised with the style of play he has, that he dominated so much. And I mean, he went to he went to Arizona, it's arguably like a top five school. So people were obviously keeping an eye on him. And Arizona back then was getting, they were getting the LA guys a little bit ahead of, certainly USC, no one went there. And um, it was between like Arizona and UCLA. Gil's going to be Gil. I'm not surprised to hear about the little scandal, if you want to call it a scandal. I don't know if I would call it a scandal. You know, I don't, who knows the intention behind it. Controversy around Gilbert Arenas is not a new thing that we know of. And to hear that it happened back then, not surprising. One other thing from the article that I didn't read is his dad was quoted in the in that same article stating, you know, my son, he changes his mind so often, he doesn't really know what to expect from his son. So it's a whole process that I'm sure a lot of high school kids go through trying to decide where they're going to play. But I think Ben mentioned Arizona. So let's get to the college career of Gilbert Arenas. Uh, he attended Arizona as a wildcat. He averaged almost 16 points and four rebounds. He dished out two assists a game in college, 
from the field, he was almost over 47% from beyond the three-point line. Let's do an over-under. Uh, three-point percentage for Gilbert Arenas. Let's go 37% over-under. Lucas? I'm going to say under on this one. Under. Once again, I'm going to go over. All right. Oh, you should have went under because <laughs> <There you go. laughs> he's, he's a little bit under 37%. For his college career, Arenas shot 36.1%. Some college accolades include All-Freshman Pac-12, the 2000-2001 All-Pac-12 team, and NCAA All-Region. In terms of tournament, uh, a lot of people don't know that, or they may not remember that, Gilbert went to the championship. So I'll give you his stats from the tournament. Check this out. That year that uh, Gilbert Arenas went to the championship against Duke. They started out, they played Eastern Illinois. He scored 21 points. They played Butler in the next round, 15 points. Old Miss, 8 points. Illinois, 21 points. Michigan State, 12 points. And then the championship game, he only came out with 10 points in that game. Not a really good shooting performance. All right, so as a young player, Gilbert Arenas uh, had to get a little help, and there was a veteran that he was able to get on his show. And I guess paying homage to this veteran, he, they were reminiscing on some of the things that they, they were able to train together and do. See if you guys can figure out who this guy was. Post up. You yeah, help yeah, me with yeah. my post up. You help me with my uh, ISO. Throw the long leg yeah. out there in the middle of their legs. JJ, yeah, Warren Dixon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Push them off. Step, step them yeah, off. Yeah, step them off. Put that long leg. Yeah, you thought yeah, I forgot. I gave you that to me. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's what, I said, that's what I said. Like, people didn't realize, like, I shot the three and got to the lane. But right after you left is when my game turned because I was using the things that you were doing. Like, I'm watching pickup. Oh, he, oh, oh, he backed them up. How you do that? You just hey, you just grab right here, put your leg out. He got to be, he got to respect it. All right, who who was that reminiscing with Gilbert Arenas? Aaron Davis. No, Antoine Jameson. Close, North Carolina guy. Karan Butler. Nope. Karan went to he went to North Carolina. He went to UConn. Ah, went to UConn. Um, So the answer is it was Jerry Stackhouse. Oh, Oh, Jerry Stackhouse was able to impart some of his basketball knowledge to a young Gilbert Arenas. Jerry Stackhouse had a post up game. Yeah, he did. He did. He did. Yeah, he did actually. Okay, he was good. He's very underrated player, Stackhouse. Yeah. Yeah. Second quarter. Statistics. Booker with it. Played at Kentucky for a season. Didn't start a lot. Look at that nice fake, and he drops the sledgehammer. Pretty play by Devin Booker. The drop. Watch the freeze move here. Little jab step. (laughs) In a blink of an eye. Look at this. Pump fake. Up ahead to Booker. Brook behind the back. Gets it up off the glass. You couldn't have, you could not have designed that no better. Now he gets an opportunity to foul, hope they miss a free throw, and have a chance to take the ball. The pass goes astray. Waiters. Oh, what a play by Booker. Got back to block it. Him understanding time and score, and he comes up with the block, but then the Suns don't come up with it. So Miami in front by eight. 14 to six. Booker slicing in. Seven points in 13 minutes. 
Having a great year. Nice behind the back pass by Booker. That was nice. You know, concentration again on Devin Booker. So now we're going to get into stats with D Book. Personal fan of D Book. He is six foot five, two hundred and six pounds. He's only worn number one with Phoenix his whole entire tenure there. His best season. Technically, it would have been this past season, but he didn't make the All-Star game because of injury early on. So we're going to skip this past season and go to the season before. I would say that would probably be his best season. He averaged 27 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists, shooting 47% from the field, 38% from three-point line. He also shot 87% from the foul line, only committing 2.5 turnovers per game. In terms of career highs, if you go down, Maurice kind of teased it early on, but I'm going to say it again. He scored 70 points in his second season against the Boston Celtics. Granted, the game was out of reach because the Suns were horrific back then, but 70 points, career high, 12 rebounds, 14 assists, 9 turnovers, 3 blocks, 6 steals, and of course, Uriah's favorite stat, which is 6 fouls. So, (laughs) that being said... Little fun fact for you guys here. How many seasons, uh, over under two, how many seasons did it take Devin Booker to average over 20 points per game? I go over two. Under. Ben? Under. Uriah, you should have chosen under. He was (laughs) averaging 22 points per game in his second season. I forgot that. Yeah, he was 20 years old at the time. Well, he was all by himself out there in Phoenix, right? He didn't yeah, really he have was. much help. Look, those Phoenix teams, I was covering them when I was a site expert for Valley of the Sons of Fansighted. They were horrendous. They had Earl Watson as the head coach, which, to be fair to Earl, he was not in a good situation. I think if he had a group of veterans, he would have done better with them because right. he's a player's coach, but I think he needed to have a group of veterans. So... Devin Booker put up big numbers. He averaged at least 26 points per game four out of the last five seasons. That's remarkable. Mm -hmm. What stands out to you guys about these stats? The age he was doing it at, just how young he was dropping 70 in a regulation game. Just unbelievable. So, and the consistency, I would say, because he doesn't take easy shots, Devin Booker. He takes contested shots. The fact that he was doing it before he had this kind of I wouldn't say super team, but, you know, loaded team with Chris Paul. He's just always been doing it. He seems to adjust um, with whoever is on the court. So that's kind of what stands out. The comparison between the two of them really is uncanny because both of them are really, both of them are bucket getters. They can get a bucket anywhere, anytime. And Devin Booker coming out of Kentucky, he can do that first, second season. It's not easy to score in the NBA. Yeah, two guards that can do a lot with the basketball. I think in terms of their talent, they definitely committed to their craft and became such an integral part of their team's offense that I'm sure any of those games that they might have missed because of injury or suspension or what have you, I'm sure those teams missed their production. But overall, they were bucket getters, like was mentioned earlier. And it's just a shame that Gilbert Arenas, I think his career was cut short. I think you mentioned it earlier, Lucas. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's just a shame for him in that aspect. I'll also tell you guys this. After his third season in the NBA, he shot at least 46% from the field each season afterwards. Wow. And outside of the 2018-2019 season, he shot at least 34% from the three-point line each year. 
including his rookie. So Deep Book was a he still is a problem. So he's going to be even a bigger problem this year, in my yeah. opinion. I think he's only twenty six. I think prediction time. I know we don't usually do this, but I'm going to say this: without CP three there, I think he could average seven assists a game this season. Lucas, I'm more interested in the opposite. I'm curious to see what his numbers are without CP three. He still is yeah. productive without CP three. Yeah, he, he, got he will there, be, so. but the efficiency. I mean, we'll see. Arenas off the screen, good. Boy, it was so nice to see the way he was shooting last night. They shoot their threes uh, very efficiently. Arenas pulls up over Parker and drops in another two-point field goal. He's got six points. Out at the top of the key. Arenas again. Oh, my. This one's a three-pointer for Gilbert in his fifth year from Arizona. Kinnear and Dave Branch and our Comcast Sportsnet crew are with us tonight. Wizards with this back-to-back. Arenas forced to take the jumper and hits. You know how difficult that is. From three-point range? From three-point range. Three defenders, guys trying to draw a charge. He just goes right by them. He's five of six from the field. Three of them are three-pointers. And Gilbert Arenas answers with his 14th point of the game. So, some fun facts about Gilbert Arenas. He's listed at 6'4", 191 pounds. Remember, he's a point guard, so a little bit different in terms of size there. He wore zero at his first stop with the Golden State Warriors and again with the Wizards. But, interesting fact, in his last season with the Wizards, he did not wear number zero. He wore number nine. And then afterwards, he went to Orlando, where he played a, ha- a half season there, and he uh, wore number one. And then he finished his career with the Memphis Grizzlies, where he wore number 10. On top of that, his best season came in his third season with the Wizards. Fifth season overall, he averaged 29 points, three and a half rebounds, six assists, two steals, a little less than a half a block, four turnovers. He also shot 44.5% from the field goal range, shot 37% from three-point range, and he shot 82% from the foul line. His career-high scoring was, as Maurice mentioned earlier, 60 points. He also had 12 rebounds in a game, 16 assists, 8 steals, 3 blocks, 12 turnovers, and of course Uriah's favorite stat, 6 fouls. That being said, does anybody have any reactions? I'll go to Ben first. Yeah, that season, I kind of looked it up too, Lucas. And mm-hmm. that se- he has this one season that it was 06. Uh, the, his best season? Yes. Yes, the yeah. 05, 06 the, season. It was significantly like that. I mean, he was putting up like Kobe, Iverson, yes. you know, like numbers. I saw the six assists. Um, the efficiency was there, almost 30 points a game. I remember that era because that was like, I think that's the same year that Kobe and AI both averaged over 33 points. And that was the year. And, and T-Mac was right there too. I believe yeah. Tracy McGrady was over 30. So that was like the era, the mid-2000s, where just like shooting guards, combo guards were just completely destroying the, the league. Gilbert kind of got overshadowed, but I looked up that, that 06 season was like, was really nice. I would say this about Gill is that he was one of the, one of the first score first point guards that we saw, see in the modern NBA. 
And on top of that, it was just so impressive. I mean, the guy got on NBA uh, Live cover. I remember that. It was the gold. Who remembers the golden alternative jerseys that the Wizards had? I remember them. They weren't oh, they too were bad. Them. They were yeah, hideous. I, I, I like the old jerseys. I don't like the new jerseys. I like the teal jerseys. I know that sounds weird, but I do. That's just me. So I think that based on what you said, Lucas, about the number of points he scored per season at 29 points a game, I completely forgot about that. And his assist total uh, in terms of his high tells you that he's more than capable of being a distributor. But as you said earlier, he was a, a shoot first type of guard in, in the era where he's in the East with LeBron and, and obviously the Celtics when they were good in the heat. It was tough for, for Gilbert Arenas to get any type of success in the postseason, even though they did make the playoffs a few times. But offensively, he was a monster, a complete yeah, monster. Yeah, he, he was. And I'll leave Maurice to talk about his teammates, but he had a stacked team in, in Washington for a few years. So, uh, A lot of good wing players. I'll get to it. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah. Third quarter, accolades. 61 points for Devin Booker. Now the all-time Sun single-game scorer, surpassing Tom Chambers. All eyes on Devin Booker with 61 points. Oh, 42 bye and bye. a half. Here we go. Bye-bye. Unbelievable. So now he broke your thing. Look at his Celtic 64 crowd. 64 points for Devin Booker and no fanfare from Devin. And I think once he gets this, then they, they can calm down. He did it. And their crowd is happy. So, uh, Celtic uh, bench, uh, listen to your crowd. <laughs> Most points in the league since Kobe's 81 in 2006. 70 points for Devin Booker. We are going to start with Devin Booker's accolades. He's still only 26 years old, so they will get bigger, obviously. I'm going to start off with... Has Devin Booker ever won a three-point contest? And, yes. Uh, he has. Okay. I was going to yeah. say no, but I, I guess... I think he has. I think... I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. I think he Lucas, has. you're right. He yeah, is the 2018 NBA wow. three-point contest champion. I knew it. I was um, like, I'm pretty sure... I forgot about that. So Devin Booker was all-rookie first team with the Suns. He was kind of on, like, you know, not a great team. And then... He was the three-point contest champ in 2018. And how many times has Devin Booker been an all-star? I'm going to go with you first, Uriah. I think Booker's been an all-star three times. All right, Maurice? Four. Lucas? Three. This past season, he had an early injury, so he didn't have enough games played to be an all-star. Yeah, and he also, uh, his team only recently got good about three years ago. Yeah. And he's in a stacked. I mean, he was in the West with Harden, Curry, and Dame. Yeah. So. I remember that conversation happening every time the All-Star game, the All-Star players were selected, and he was always a snub. I think he was a re- injury replacement his first he was. time around for Dame, yeah. right? Because yeah. Dame recommended him, if yeah. I remember correctly. Yeah. And he's he was an uh, All-Star three years in a row. Yeah. And this is an interesting stat. He was All-NBA first team. But that's his only All-NBA. And it was, like you said, Lucas, he didn't get All-NBA last year because of games played. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the Suns definitely had the record. But he was All-NBA first team last year. 
And I think he probably would have been first or second team again this year had he played. That's about it for Devin Booker. He's had a very interesting career given that once they went from like barely a playing team, we kind of saw them in the bubble. Mm-hmm. Remember they won all those games and they made the they they got the tenth seed. So we kind of knew the team was heading that direction. But once they got Chris Paul, they suddenly became like a contender. One other interesting fact about Devin Booker, and uh, I wanted to say it's not an accolade, but it kind of is. I, I'm going to give it this. Both he and Gilbert Arenas graduated high school at 17 years old a year early. So mm. both these guys. Good grab. Good grab. Well, Devin grab. Booker was 17 when he started at Kentucky, and he was 18 years old when he started after playing a year of college. And we'll get to Arenas, but Arenas was played two years of college and was 19 years old his rookie year still. So, wow. If I remember correctly, Booker was the youngest player in his draft. Yeah. Yeah, 18. Yeah. 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 Like his first game as a son, he was 18 years old, and he yeah. played a year of college. It's insane. Mm-hmm. Um, and what, what stands out to you, Uriah? I'll start with you. Stands out to me is you mentioned it. The bubble performance, there's the the game winner where he's laying on his back and he's leaning forward with his head. Something switched with that franchise in the bubble. And then it came back. They came back the next season. Obviously, the Chris Paul effect, wherever that guy goes, he elevates that team. They may not win a championship, but you look at OKC, how he impacted that team, and then he came to Phoenix. But, yeah, that that shot and I think that run – they just continued once the next season started. And, and the 70-point game is amazing because it's the most points since Kobe scored that 81. So that's what stands out to me. Yeah, and, and the regulation, too, is just uh, – I, I do think some of these, like the Luka game last year and the, Dan- and, and the Donovan Mitchell game happened in OT. One other thing I forgot to mention, he did win a gold medal. He was part of that 2020, which oh. is really 2021 team. He was a member of that, and he played a lot on that team. So um, he was a big reason why they won that. Yeah, really interesting career with kind of what we were saying, how it's like split in half. He was like this, like, and the bubble kind of was where he, the Chris Paul was like probably saw something in that bubble team and was like, I'm going here. This guy's good. What about you, Maurice? What stands out? You know, when I watch basketball games, I always look for the demeanor. And and as we mentioned earlier, Devin Booker was always a Kobe fan. He was inspired by Kobe. Since Chris Paul's been there, they've been more competitive, and they won more games. He's been more of a um, smack talker. I'll just oh, say yeah. it like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. He he likes to talk trash, and uh, it can it can annoy the opponents. I'll say that. That's one thing that me as a basketball fan, I've always seen about Devin Booker, and I appreciate it. Sometimes it could be annoying, but sometimes it could be very entertaining. He probably could have had maybe not the his his when he was twenty one when he averaged twenty four points per game because he did only play fifty four games that year, but he definitely deserved an all star nod the season before his first all star game. I think you could argue that outside of his first two years, he had the stats, the quali- stats, not starts, but stats to qualify for an all star game every year. Look, I think Kevin Durant is more than okay with taking a backseat during the regular season in terms of scoring. And I think Bradley Beal is projected to be the point guard on that team this year. So I, I think Devin Booker could easily average 30 points per game this year. 
So you walk in and you actually see your name on that, that jersey like, this is actually, no one can take this away from me. That's what it's all about, first time. It's, it's good to see like that. He's, he's, he's excited, I'm just happy. You see Vince Carter, Grant Hill is on the right of you. Wow, like, all in one place. Did everyone feel like this the first time? Or is it just me? And we get to keep the roll, too? Yeah, okay. I need to keep the roll? I always dreamed of this, but I really never thought it would happen. You know, it was just something that I always tell myself to keep me going. And it actually happened. I made it. <laughs> A little context, just so you know, that was inside the locker room of All-Star Weekend. Gilbert Arenas was going around. He's being followed and featured for this segment. And he's in the video shaking hands with Shaq. And he that was Vince Carter talking to Gilbert Arenas. And Gilbert Arenas is like, do we get to keep the robes? Because they were all wearing these white robes in the locker room. <laughs> so that was his, his first NBA All-Star appearance. All right. So Gilbert Arenas, he played about 11 years he did play a season with the Shanghai Sharks. We know that that's really popular on NBA Twitter. He actually did that. So kudos what? to him. He did. He played he a play- season with the Shanghai Sharks, guys. He did. His last not professional career was Ooh. with the Shanghai Sharks in the 2012-2013 season. So I don't know if he started that, but I actually have never <laughs> known anyone to play for them. So it's funny that... That's like a yeah, meme. I think, I think that's a meme. He's got to talk about that because he's a funny guy. Yeah, he's got yeah. a lot of humility. So I'm sure he me- he's mentioned that. All right. So I'm going to start off with this. How many All-NBA teams do you guys think Gilbert Arenas made? I'm going to start with Maurice. I want to say zero. All right. Lucas? I cheated. So I'm not going to call me last. All right. You're right. I say two. Maybe third and second All NBA. Am I right? Yeah, it's Lucas. You you cheated, so it's Trace. So it's three. But I'm gonna preface this: 2005 and 2006, he was All NBA third team, and 2007, All NBA second team. Again, prime, prime Kobe. After Shaq leaves, those that year he averaged over 35. Prime AI, the year he averaged 33 and 8, and just was like uh, prime T Mac, kind of still prime Vince Carter. So the fact that he was putting up uh, these are the Steve Nash MVP years. Mm-hmm. So you have to think of the guards. Like the fact that he was getting mm-hmm. all NBA in those three years is pretty impressive. It's crazy. Um, off the top yeah. of my head, that's why I get zero. How many all stars do you guys think he, he got? I know that one. I know that one too. Two? I don't know. Lucas, you guys know? Three. Yeah, three. It it seems to be this era that in the mid aughts he he really peaked. Like it's it's that that year Lucas said. Was that the O six season Lucas is twenty nine? The uh O six, oh seven season. Yeah, Yeah, he just he was just on fire. Oh no, by mistake, the O five, oh six season. Yeah. That was that was the twenty nine. And he actually was all NBA second team in 07. And I think that was the he he made a second round, a conference semi. So it must have been that year. That must have been the year he had. I think he that was the Antoine Jameson team. Uh, um, wasn't Antoine on all the teams? He yes. might have been. Yeah, he yes. was. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so he was 
the the 05 to 07 was really and he did win earlier in his career he did win nba most improved player in 03 so that's a good nod i believe that was when he was still on the warriors his last season of the warriors and again like i mentioned i'll reiterate two years at arizona he played with richard jefferson so he's had a lot of good teammates and um he was a 19 year old rookie and I'll, i'll just close on this Knee injury. He was his career was kind of over a little bit before thirty, about thirty years old. Similar to like an Isaiah Thomas, the knee injury was just too much to overcome, and uh, he required he he relied. Looking at his highlights, he really relied on his first step, his quick kind of trigger. And the second he injured that, it just seemed to be he he couldn't really recover as mm-hmm. as small guards do. He wasn't. So he was small. long, but he he was small. For- he was six foot four. He wasn't small, but he, he, I don't know. He, a lot he wasn't of that point big. guards back then were still only like 6'2, six, 6'3. Six, yeah, he was, that's a good was, point. Yeah. I mean, for yeah. point guards today, he's not, he's not big, but point <laughs> guards back then, he was big. But his game, I think, would translate better now. Oh, yeah. I'm going to land on that with more, the more perimeter heavy. I think his game, he would have had a longer career and he, they probably wouldn't have beaten him up so much. I think the fact that he was a second round draft pick, he obviously thought he would go higher in the draft. He's a very confident player. But for him to win most improved player the way that he did to prove himself and to do so in a way where wherever he was, he was putting on a show, whether it was driving the lane as an electrifying point guard, drawing in defenders, kicking out or just finishing at the rim. Hearing his his highlight reel, make shots from from long range is exciting. He was a really, I think, underrated player. Like you said, the injuries slowed down his career. And don't forget, guys, he has an NBA rule in his name, right? The oh Gilbert yeah, Arenas rule. I'll let yeah. Lucas. Lucas is very familiar with this. I'll let him get into it. But but yeah, he he had a really solid career. And had injuries not gotten away, he would have played longer. Well, what stands out to me was. He was an all-star for three seasons, all-star selection for three seasons. Those seasons were his 23rd, 24th, 25th year. So his prime was 25. And then you saw a a slow decline after that, uh, mostly because of injuries. But I would say he was more of a flash in the pan. But his skill set wasn't a flash in the pan. But when it comes to his overall career success, playing in the Shanghai Sharks by 30 says a lot. <laughs> Ni hao? What should yeah. I say? Ni hao? <laughs> Learn how to speak Chinese, buddy. I love that meme. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Go ahead, Lucas. So what Uriah was mentioning earlier before I answer the question is the Gilbert Arenas rule. It's four second-round picks. Essentially, if you have a second round pick, they there's a cap limit of how much you can offer them when they hit restricted free agency so their teams can have a chance to retain them. That is the main reason, for example, this past summer, the Lakers were able to retain Austin Reeves. That being said, to answer your question, the most impressive thing to me here is that when you look at most improved player of the year, it's a relatively new award. It wasn't a it wasn't it. I think it was the 80s or 90s when it came out. But most of the time, you don't see second-year players get it because you expect a jump from second-year players. Yes. Yet the NBA still gave it to Gilbert in his second season. And to 
Maurice's point about longevity, I think that if modern medicine, because look, medicine has advanced a lot in the last 15 to 17 years. Has it really been 18 years? Yeah, it's wow. Anyway, um, <laughs> but no, medicine's, ex, you know, so I think his career could have been saved. Uh, he played, he came back early on several of those knee injuries. I remember that. And he made him worse. So I, I but his skill set was, and with his skill set and size, it was a precursor of what was to come in the next like five to ten years in the NBA as the norm. Fourth quarter, teammates. I gotta go back and watch the game again. <laughs> Book was just, he was, he was great tonight. You know, it was crazy. It's a lot of those situations where like I had a ball or I want the ball to orchestrate it just to see him manage the game, you know, and I was just out there kind of mad at myself that I couldn't help him more, you know, but I think, you know, everybody been waiting to see him in a playoff game and you, you, you got to see it. All right. Let's talk about Devin Booker teammates drafted in 2015 NBA draft. As we mentioned earlier, Devin Booker came into a, Phoenix Suns franchise that was pretty bad, <laughs> really bad after the Steve Nash era. His teammates, when he came into the league his rookie year, were guys like Eric Bledsoe, Tyson Chandler, Brandon Knight, Markeith Morris, P.J. Tucker, and T.J. Warren. Now, these, t- these teams weren't really competitive, so therefore Devin had a lot of opportunity to score. One thing I remember about Devin Booker was he always had the propensity to at least fill it up. And Lucas talked about his stats earlier. The players he had around him weren't really offensive-minded. I mean, Eric Bledsoe, that's pretty much it when it comes to the offense. There's <laughs> nothing what else can I really say here. Those teams were really bad. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. I cover those teams. I will say in, in his defense, in his defense, TJ Warren was drafted, I think, roughly about the same time. By the time the you know Phoenix was getting ready to be good, he had uh I don't remember if it was a trade or if he went there in free agency, but he had left. But TJ Warren was their secondary scorer most nights because Especially after Eric Bledsoe said, I'm, I don't want to be here on social media infamously. I remember that. Now, Maurice, mm-hmm. you mentioned the, the, I think you mentioned Tyson Chandler was yes. on that team. I mean, he was, he's a decent rim protector, a good he lock He was at threat. the end, dude. He was, oh, he at, was the at the end? Yeah. Okay. yeah. He retired there. He was done. He, he was, he was the veteran. He was the only veteran in the locker room. At that oh, point. Okay. Yeah, it was horrendous. And he was taking playing time from other guys. But to be fair, it wouldn't have mattered for Marquise, Chris, or Dragon Bender at that point anyway. Yeah. So we can skip ahead a little bit. And the Phoenix Suns didn't really get competitive until Chris Paul came along. Um, we mentioned Chris Paul earlier. Those teams were really competitive. They got to the second and third rounds of the, uh, of the, the uh, Western Conference playoffs. What do you guys remember about those teams, those Phoenix Suns teams, when Chris Paul got there, when they drafted Mikael Bridges, Cameron Johnson, Campaign, Jay Crowder? What do you guys remember besides the smack talk? What do you guys remember about those teams, Ben? They didn't draft Bridges. They uh, 
they fleece someone um, yeah. to to get him at ten. But I think that in particular, uh, Lucas was saying Dragic, Bender, Maurice, Chris. These were like lottery top ten picks, and they were missing a lot other than Booker. And they hit on Booker at thirteen, and even arguably you could say um, the number one pick. I believe they pass up on Luca and Trey Young. I can, I'm I'm drawing a blank on the center. What's his name? DeAndre Aiden. DeAndre Aiden. Yeah. I was going to say DeAndre Hunter. Um, And it seems to be like once Chris Paul got there and their front office to get Chris Paul, it seems I I don't know much about their front office. Lucas might know, but they really kind of just started making smart decisions. I remember the Cam Johnson pick at the time being controversial. Mm -hmm. Even his teammate, Kobe White, was like shocked on draft Mm -hmm. night. And no, I mean, they, they just really like, shifted it. And I think it's all because of Devin Booker. People wanted to play with this guy and mm-hmm. be like, oh, I, I need to be around this guy. Right before the draft is when I stopped covering the Suns, the DeAndre Aiden draft. But leading up to it, I'm not going to lie. I was actually a big DeAndre Aiden fan. I thought he could be the next David Robinson. And foreign players being drafted by the Suns did not have a good recent draft record. So I didn't feel great about Luka at the time. I clearly was proven wrong on that one. Uh, that being said, I will say this. When James Jones took over the front office, James Jones, former NBA champion, uh, Miami Heat with LeBron James, sharpshooter for many years, there was a level of legitimacy added to the front office that wasn't there before. When James Johnson got there, he was building a team around Devin Booker and he knew how to do it. And that's the difference between him and McDonough. That's the difference between why the Suns are successful now versus they weren't weren't at the beginning of his career. A theme that we've mentioned many times on this podcast so far, roster construction. Uriah. When you bring a player like Chris Paul to your team, who's the ultimate floor general, precision passing, his presence alone commands respect. Not to mention, I think he was player union president or vice president for a long time. So you put him on that team with a young developing star like Devin Booker, who all he needs is the right passes in the right spot. And I think Maurice mentioned it in the last podcast. We're talking about other great point guards. Chris Paul can, can lead someone open. And the benefit of that play has been Devin Booker. And there's no wonder why they made the NBA finals that one season that I think CP got there, right? That was his first season, right? So they're right there. That tells you how big of a difference one player can make someone like Chris Paul. Yeah, they got to the finals against the Bucks. I feel like uh, just to piggyback on the DeAndre Ayton thing, I think I'm thinking about where we were at in the league at 2018. And DeAndre Ayton was a really good college player. And I think at that time, that was the ascension of Giannis, Jokic, and B. Cat was, was really good. Everyone wanted a piece of a big at that, I feel like, at that time. So, yeah, I, I get why they probably went with Ayton over... And Luca was European, so they didn't yeah, really know. And, and to to be honest, I think Aiden can still be an All Star big man if he's in the right situation. I agree. Oh yeah, definitely All Star. But look at some of the guys yeah, 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 in that yeah, yeah. draft. Yeah, are like Hall of Famers. Oh, for sure, for sure. Could you imagine yeah. Devin Booker and Luca being on the same team? At least one championship by now. And before we move on to the current roster that Devin Booker has, they acquired Kevin Durant. And they also acquired 
via trade Bradley Beal. Now they traded away, they traded away Mikael Bridges. Now, interesting enough, Mikael Bridges has the most wins with Devin Booker, and it doesn't Ooh. seem like he's been in the league that long. That's interesting. Uh, that One hundred and ninety-three yes. wins. Wow. Well, it makes sense though, because his other teammates weren't on good team. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Chris Paul missed and time. Mikael Bridges played. He's an Iron Man. He never lo- misses games. So it yeah. makes sense too. Yeah, Great Valley, Great Valley High School. So as of this recording, the Phoenix Suns go into the next NBA season with a super team, a big three of uh, <laughs> Devin Booker, a Bradley Beal. Kevin Durant. We'll see how that goes. I don't know who's going to be the point guard, the shooting guard, who's going to get the most touches, who's going to get the most shots. We don't know, but we will see. I like that new team. It's, yeah, we kind of have to just wait and see, but I like that new team a lot. No defense. <laughs> None. Didn't they get, Maurice, uh, and, and you guys can jump in, Uriah, I'll just, who else did they, they got some sneaky pickups Eric too. Gordon. Yep. Who else? Um, they drafted a guy from Dayton in the second round that actually is, has the potential to be good. Um, yeah, think... Keita Bates Diop. He he was a steal from San Antonio. Yeah, the Eric Gordon and, thing. And was by it. the way, Bradley Beal is going to be the point guard. That's all I'm going to say about that. That's what they that that's what they've said. Can't forget about Bobo. <laughs> oh yeah, Bobo. Forgot about him. I will say Gilbert is the most talented player ever and was I one of the first guys of got, they changed the rules because yeah. he was a second round pick <laughs> yeah. and got paid all that money yeah. and they changed the rules because of they, second round picks because, because basically they were they were about to come up with the Gilbert Arenas rule saying that like hey we took the risk on this player and now we can't afford to keep them <laughs> and, and so they wanted to come up with like a rule so they could keep their second round picks or limit their pay all right now we can talk about Gilbert Arenas and his teammates uh, drafted in the 20, uh, 2001 NBA draft. He was drafted to the Golden State Warriors, but he only played two seasons there. In his two seasons, he had teammates like Mookie Blaylock, who was a veteran at the time, a good name, uh, Larry Hughes, Antoine Jameson, who became a teammate with him on the um, Washington Wizards, and Jason Richardson. Now, he only played two seasons with the with the Warriors, because he was a second-round pick, as Lucas mentioned. The second-round pick. So after his second season, he won Most Improved Player. Earned himself a nice big fat contract, which the Wizards picked up. So he went to the Wizards, and the Wizards had a really good roster. I, I, I'll admit that. They had a bunch of wings like Karan Butler, Antoine Jameson. Who else? Deshaun uh, Stevenson, I think. Deshaun, yeah, Deshaun Stevenson. Utah and Thomas, Syracuse was, guy, right? Yeah, he was a backup yeah. there. Their starter was Spencer Haywood. Can't forget about Kwame Brown. But the, those Wizards, those Wizards teams were actually really competitive. That was Gilbert Arena's most successful team from a personal standpoint. That was his most successful years that he had. Uh, what do you guys remember about those war, those Wizards? I keep saying Warriors. Those Wizards teams. I'll start with Uriah. I do want to comment on the Warriors team. He only played there two years, like you said. And the players that you mentioned, Jason Richardson and some of the other guys, they were nice players. I don't remember how much success he had out there, but I know in Washington there were a few playoff runs where they had to square off against LeBron James, and LeBron James did LeBron James things. So for that reason, mainly that's why 
he was unable to really advance and, and get any postseason success. But yeah, teammates wise, Antoine Jameson seemed to follow him wherever he went, which was yeah. interesting. Was he traded with him to Washington? Or no, no, no. 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 Gilbert signed a, a okay. contract. I don't know when Antoine got there. He got yeah. there in in the two thousand and I'm gonna say the same two thousand and three. Was picked up as a free agent. Oh, okay. Remember, that's why Jameson was drafted in '99, so he was a free agent. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he Carter. was with uh, with uh, Chris Webber, right? No, v- not Chris uh, Carter. Nine, he's he's '98. '98. He's drafted fourth, and then yeah, traded. But yeah. he, yeah, I would say um, Antoine Jameson was pretty good. He was a couple time All Star. You know, not he didn't develop as the college player everyone thought he would. He was a little undersized, but I thought he developed his game pretty well. Do you remember that streak where he had? The fifty-point games on the Antoine Warriors. Jamison? Yeah, Do you I, th- that? I think I remember that. Yeah. It was like back-to-back fifty-point. Anyway, yeah, Gilbert. I think, like Uriah said, it was a good team, but uh, it was tough to beat those LeBron teams. The East was pretty weak outside of LeBron back then. That team doesn't scream like, "Oh my God!" Like all these Hall of Famers and All Stars. It's kind of like you know a little typical Eastern Conference team with a bunch of fringe All Stars. I remember those Wizards teams being competitive, and in that era, everyone was a casualty to LeBron James. I mean, Le- <laughs> LeBron, LeBron James was he was a menace to so many different franchises for in the Eastern Conference for like fifteen years. Toronto, so, Orlando, Philadelphia, yeah. <laughs> everybody, yeah, yeah, everybody, Atlanta, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you said, the East was pretty weak. The, if they didn't run into LeBron during uh, Gilbert's prime, they probably could have gone pretty far. I will just say this about Antoine and that team in general. They were built almost as a normal, like a uh, modern NBA team with Jameson, who could stretch the floor as a four. You had Kron, who was a three and D. You had D, uh, Stevenson, who was a little lesser of a three and D. You had a score force point guard and a defensive anchor in Hayward. It's it's a modern NBA team ran by, yeah. of course, if uh, Eddie George, who did the uh, Princeton offense back then. No, Eddie Jordan. Eddie, Eddie Jordan. Honestly, if they had a different head coach, they might have even done better. Yeah, that's a good point, they, Lucas. Like, if they could have been like the oh, the the remember the Nets were were making the finals because mm-hmm. there was like no one else. I mean, yeah. they did have Jason Prime, Jason Kidd, but like, yeah, in a different era, they I think that Wizards team could have that gone Wizards further. team might have actually translated well even in today's game if they played a modern system based off yeah. the players. Of course, then again, they also had I don't know why, but this one player on his his teammates wise, Darius Sungailo, Sungailo was on that team, and it's stuck in my head now. I don't know why, but anyway, continue. <laughs> Let's talk about the Orlando Magic because. He was on that Magic team a year after they went to the finals. Mm-hmm. And just just listen to this this is to this roster: Gilbert Arenas, Ryan Anderson, Malik Allen, Vince Carter, Dwight Howard, Rashad Lewis, Jameer Nelson, J.J. Redick, Jason Richardson, Quentin Richardson, Hito Turkoglu, Jason Williams. Mm. That's a really good roster, and that team did not go to the finals. They ran into the Celtics, a healthy Celtics team. That's what happened. Yeah. yeah. The East started yeah. getting really strong. The That's Celtics, the and then the the next year would be Miami. Yeah. Yeah. That was a really good roster. 
finished finished his career in the NBA with the Memphis Grizzlies. Not really much really there to talk about. Uh, Tony who, Allen. Who were his Who were his teammates on the, the Shanghai Sharks? <laughs> Shanghai Sharks. <laughs> it always comes back to the Sharks. This the is Stephon, Sharks. Was Stephon Marbury on that team? No. Uh, there's there might be someone. I'm sure there no. is. So that image of of him with the Shanghai Sharks jersey is not photoshopped. That's him. <laughs> I had no yeah. idea. Yeah. All right, that wraps up episode two. We just want to give a shout out to all those who listened. Listen, no matter where you are hearing us right now, whether you're in your truck, you're in your car, you're at the office, you're at home, no matter what you're doing, you could be mowing your lawn or you're out for a jog. Listen, we thank you for giving us your time. If you really like what we presented to you in this episode, please subscribe to our podcast. We are on Apple Podcasts and Spotify or anywhere else that you listen to your favorite podcast. Now that we've set up the debate with all the facts on Devin Booker and Gilbert Arenas, it's time for you to make your case. At this point, it's not about our opinion. It's about yours. We'll see you on your favorite social media platforms, ready to check out your takes. Chime in on our Instagram at NBA underscore now and then underscore pod, on Twitter at NBA underscore now and then, and on our Facebook page, NBA Now and Then. All right, guys, until next time, this has been NBA Now and Then, the greatest comparisons. Peace. Have a good day. Later. See ya.